Welcome to the first episode of On The Pod My Lord, a new podcast dedicated to breaking down the most recent Aston Villa fan issues and issues surrounding the club itself. Issues is kind of a funny word for Aston Villa fans right now. Um, the club certainly has many, the fans certainly have many, and who knows if the ownership have any. But Aston Villa currently sit 20th of the Premier League table. Something needs to change, and uh, the first episode of uh, On The Pod My Lord will be breaking down those changes in the form of someone Someone, I wouldn't say popular, with Aston Villa fans, um, definitely well known. But this man, um, he played for the Villa for a, a few years. Um, he's become quite well known off the back of uh, incidents uh, in his personal life, as well as a, uh, a radio show on TalkSport. Started off by suggesting some changes um, that need to take place at Aston Villa Football Club. Whilst I may not necessarily totally agree uh, with the plan of this man um it's certainly something that's been you know done the rounds on our media as well as uh, in the public domain in the aston villa fan base and uh i think for the first episode of on the pod my lord we'll be breaking down the plan of a man called stan and a goal by stan collimore and that was beautifully created Stan Collymore came out with a 13, 13-ish point plan. I think he said 10 and then he kind of dwindled on a few and then went, oh, I'm, that's a good one, kind of put it in at the side. Um, the first point that he makes is probably too obvious in terms of how he would change the club. Um, the first point is put a consortium together. Now that, I guess, in Villa's case especially, is easier said than done. If someone wanted to buy this club, then surely they would have bought it. The club has been up for itself for a number of years now. You know, it's no secret that, that Randy Lerner wants out and Villa wants a new owner. In business practices, this is a man who wants to sell his business, but no one is buying. And if there is someone buying, they're clearly not a suitable owner. What does suitable owner mean? When Doug Ellis put the club up for sale around 10, 9 years ago now, I remember quite a few bids coming in. The man he chose was obviously Randy Lerner. Based on a handshake deal, um, he thought Randy Lerner would be the man to take Villa to the next step. And he did come true on that bargain. He would said he would invest, you know, he said he would bring them to the top. And for most of Martin O'Neill's reign at the club, well, all of it, we saw him spend, 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 spend. And back Martin O'Neill in every aspect, except when it came to the breakdown of the relationship. We won't go too much into that, because that's clearly well known what happened there. But he agreed a deal with a man based on a handshake, and that's it clearly that is not the situation now with Randy Lerner passing the torch on so to speak there's been a lot of well there's been a lot of talk about fan ownership you know can it happen in the Premier League personally I'm a big advocate for this sort of thing I think you know football clubs are businesses but they need to take a step back from that and camouflage it for me fan ownership I'm not too certain it's the best thing for Aston Villa if I'm if I'm honest if we were in League 2 or League 1 that would be fine but because of the finances need to keep Villa at the top, I don't think fan ownership can work for us. I mean, certainly the board are more than welcome to take the advice of fans, but that isn't something that I think is realistic right now. And to be honest, there's not many examples that I can you know, think of straight away. I probably should have done a bit more research, but I can't really think of... Um... Oh, actually I can. Um, George Orwell's Animal Farm, you know, it all starts off well. Well, the animals have a plan to make the farm better. I mean, it all goes well, um, but then the leader, Old Major, passes, and there's this uh, struggle. I think he, there's a struggle between, I think his name was 
Snowball and Napoleon, and those basically represent, you know, the real life characters of Stalin and uh, Stalin and Trotsky. So when Lenin or Old Major passed in real life, you know, his ideals were taken in two different directions by two different people, and they forgot about what it was all about. You know, their battle was to make the world, their world, a better place. Not just for themselves, but for the working people of the country. And I mean, we can't really compare Aston Villa to the roots of communism, but certainly you can sense that sort of that sort of event. When fan ownership takes place, what happens when it reaches a point where there's a fork in the road? What happens? You know, there's always someone that is going to be better off. You know, there's always there always has to be a leader. We can't. A football club isn't something that I think can have a you know all the ideals of democracy surrounding it it you know it needs someone not a dictator so to speak but someone in charge the chairman um randy learner's an absent chairman right now so we have tom fox in charge but you know the fan having a fan and consorting made of fans would have to you know elect someone from within to take charge of course with aston villa every, every single fan is going to want to take charge um so i don't think you know it is i don't know my bleeding heart tells me it's the best idea my brain is saying right now that you know fan ownership is not a direction that Aston Villa wants to go in. Um, certainly not right now at the moment. I think fans should have more of a say in how the club is run. But for you know the ownership of the club to pass down so many levels to us, I think it's just a step too far right now. So going back to putting together a consortium, I'm not sure who Stan Collymore thinks he will get to run a consortium for Aston Villa. I'm not 100% certain that this is something he's actually thought of. I mean, God willing, he has. You know, someone who's an Aston Villa fan has thought this, thought things through. And, uh, you know, he's got someone on board with money to spend and who wants to invest in Aston Villa Football Club, not just to have it on their, you know, their mantelpiece, but to go, hang on, I was the owner of Aston Villa and I changed things for the better at that club. But I don't think he has got someone like that. And I think it, it clearly is just Twitter, Twitter talk, isn't it? He's just put this plan on, saying how he'll do it. And that's fair enough, but putting a consortium together is something we can all say but you know it never actually happens the second part of Colin Moore's plan is to sack all but Kevin MacDonald and Tony McAndrew in Villa's backroom staff now I am not convinced that this is the best idea for Aston Villa in fact I'm 100% against this I'm not sure if you listen to the Aston Villa review if you don't listen to it I suggest you do it's a fantastic podcast Um, Chris and Steve have run that their support for the club pretty much bleeds out the seams of the podcast but they said that to sack everyone in Villa's backroom includes people like Sid Cummins, you know Gordon Cummins, as well as Mark Delaney. These are these are Villa Villa guys from and through. Sid Cummins' name is synonymous with Aston Villa Football Club. Gordon Cummins' name it is Aston Villa. The same can't really be said about Mark Delaney, but he's still someone who spent a, a great deal of time in their career at Aston Villa. Why would you go to any length to get rid of these people? These are the people that need to stick around. And yes, I agree to some extent that there needs to be a backroom reshuffle. But what does that say about Robert Deverne and Reginald Ray, who Remy Gard has brought in, do a job at the club? Robert Deverne is strict on fitness. That's an aspect that Aston Villa are clearly lacking on the pitch. You watch Aston Villa footballers and there is a degree to which you can see them panting for breath. You can see them giving up. Sacking Robert Deverne helps that. How does that help that at all? Sacking every single person along with him along with Cohen's, along with Delaney, leaving only two people 
and Villa's massive backroom staff, you know, the head of youth development, does he go? Do the under-18s go, coaches go? Do the academy coaches go? It's another thing that Stan said that's not thought through at all. I'm not saying it's just a cram, you know, more criticism on the man. But just to say that Villa's backroom staff need to go except for two people is ridiculous. This is not going to work for anyone. To bring it to another example, as I did with the last point, when Manchester United hired a hand-picked replacement for Alex Ferguson, they chose David Moyes. David Moyes chose to bring in a bunch of his new staff. The transition, we all know, was not easy. He lost his job for it, and also a great smack of his reputation, which he'd spent years building up. Sacking backroom staff is not how you will get Aston Villa performing again. Point number three is just as ridiculous. Put the whole squad up for sale. To some extent, there needs to be some change in the Aston Villa playing staff. Players which we spent money on are being paid you know, quite a, a good deal of money and not performing, and that includes people like Charles Nzogbia, Alan Hutton, Gabriel Lahore, and Brad Guzan. I would sell all of those players, not even to an extent. Those players would be gone in seconds. Scott Sinclair, you know, even maybe... To a push Carlos Hill, I would certainly look to sell these players. But Aston Villa have always been a selling club. Putting the whole squad up for sale does not change anything. It doesn't bring anyone in. It doesn't help Aston Villa at all. Putting people like Jack Grealish. Putting people like Adama Traore. Putting people like Jordan Veratu, Adrissa Ganna and Ashley Westwood up for sale does not help Aston Villa any single way. Selling these players can only... Not selling them. If a bid comes in, accept it. Take what you can get. But putting the whole squad up for sale and having a file sale is A, bad for morale, and B, it's shit for the playing staff. Football is a job for these guys. Again, I'll go back to the bleeding heart philosophy where you know all the workers must be cared for. But this is a job in only one area of life is your job expect to be, expected to be the number one part of your life. And that is in sports, especially sports like football. And yeah, these players are paid a lot of money, but that doesn't mean it's still, a, you know, it's not a job. It's maybe their dream job, but it's still a job at the end of the day. And they're workers employed by Aston Villa FC. To imagine going to your job and then the manager just going, yeah, you know, we've all done bad here, but you guys are going to take the, the brunt of it. <laughs> Fuck off. You're all for sale. In some circumstances, that's a blessing. You know, some of these players clearly don't want to be Aston Villa. Aston Villa, I'd go to say, are harming these players' career right now. People like Carlos Sanchez, yeah, they haven't put in, you know, 100% good performances for Villa. But these are players who shone. Sanchez shut Neymar down like a rock in the Copper America. His performances for Aston Villa may not reflect that, but they are doing damage, damage to his career. That's something he'll need to look at. But to go to him personally and say, yeah, Sanchez, you're up for sale. You know, even if you want to help us in our battle, that's fine, just go, you're gone though. It's not something I can fully agree with. Um, certainly there does need to be some changes on sales, but to sell the entire playing squad is something that, it's enough, it's pie in the sky. It's a point that an angry fan has said. I'm pretty much thinking that's all Stan is. It's just an angry fan like us at the end of the day. With a lot more of a, a fan base and a Twitter following. Point four, kind of, it goes with the last point, is to buy proven championship players. This this is simply another point of sky statement. What is a proven championship player? Is it maybe someone like Deli Ali, who everyone looked past until you know hits a hot streak of form at Tottenham, permanently in the England squad from now on? You no, know, 
is he a proven championship player? We should go for him. Or is it someone like Ashley Westwood? Who was captain of crew by the age of 22? Who we already have in the squad? Who in the last point we said we will be putting up for sale? Or maybe, maybe, maybe it's someone like Scott Sinclair who proved themselves in the championship yet at Swansea. Oh, or maybe it might be Jack Grealish who had a great loan spell in Notts County. Villa's squad are full of championship players. Villa's squad are proven championship players. To sack the entire playing staff and bring in a squad of, I'm doing quotation marks here, proven championship players, is ridiculous considering Villa's squad are proven championship players. To clear house and bring a new lot in only adds to the upheaval which we blamed in the summer when we brought so many players in. Now we go on to the fifth point. Stan Collymore says that when Aston Villa are in the championship, they should play two up top with two strikers. I'm not sure this is something, again, that was thought through. It's all well and good saying these things, but what have Aston Villa been doing for the past few weeks? They've been playing two wingers and two strikers. Yeah, in some cases we played a diamond. That will change when Adama and Hill are brought on. Don't you think that if maybe the 4-4-2 was the best option for Aston Villa... That Remy God would have done that. I mean, it's certainly all good saying these things, and it's a great idea, isn't it? Play, you know, classic football, two pacey wingers who did get dead in the middle, who can head it down or lay it off to a faster striker. But again, what's it going to change now if that's something we can already do and are not doing? Aston Villa in a, in a hole and a formation doesn't sort that out. Point number six is a point I agree with. Stan Collingwood says that Villa Park's long suffering fans should be given discount tickets. It's amazing. It's, you know, simple stuff like that goes a long way to winning a fan base back. No, I'm not saying chuck them out the whole end for free. Fly a plane across Birmingham, you know, with the Midlands with, you know, tickets dropping out the bottom for free. Nah, just reward fans who are going. Knock 20 quid off the season ticket price. If people are paying by finance, count to the last month. If Feather fans are customers, as Tom Fox said, then maybe we should be treated like customers. And if the product's bad, the club should reach out to reward people who've stuck with them for so long. Discount tickets are an amazing plan because they're so simple. Regardless of the performance on the pitch, if people can get around Aston Villa, have cheap tickets, and enjoy the experience, what it's meant to be, regardless of how the club plays, the fans will still turn up. It's a win-win plan. It's ridiculous. You know, that a person like Tom Fox, maybe he's not qualified for the job yet, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out that Villa Park is not full. 35,000 fans is amazing, but Villa Park is not full. Maybe to fill Villa Park, you need to cut the prices on tickets. The schemes like 20s plenty. That's for away days. So what if we did it for both? What if we rewarded the people who are paying into the club? Maybe that's something that stands on to. Maybe that's something that we can look at and go, hang on, maybe the, sh- the club should do that. You know, it's a weird, I didn't expect to go into this podcast agreeing with two points in a row, but point number seven is communicate weekly with the fan base. We're under no illusion that Aston Villa are a business, Aston Villa are a company, Aston Villa can be traded on the stock market if they wish, possibly all buy shares into Aston Villa. Communicating weekly with your fan base is amazing, letting them know what's going on, we're, we're too tied down with the, what the newspapers think, you know, we've got the Sun, the Mirror, the Star, the Guardian, the Mail, the Express, the Telegraph, the Independent, what they think. Maybe if we... Not we, maybe Villa stop caring so much about how words can be spun, about having to defend themselves, and they could do something. If they went, you know, a, a newsletter to the fan base is, hey, we're looking at two £5 million midfielders. We're not going to tell you who they are because that's stupid. 
but you know this club is going places if they were to release a newsletter and go hey next week there's 10 pound discount tickets you know if you want to watch the football match you can watch it on this channel hey there's these fan podcasts you can listen to hey this article by my old man said was amazing stuff like that it's ridiculous to think that football clubs are so bad not just Athens Villa but across the board football clubs are almost entirely entirely awful at speaking to fans they don't need to aim for a market agenda they just need to aim at you and me you know don't sack the manager out in public don't praise him if you're going to sack him as it already has been done just communicate with fans tell them what's going on tell them the future tell them the plans even if they're pie in the sky stuff even if it's like yeah we're going to move out of Birmingham stuff I'll just tell the fans what's on your mind too, we're too tied down by the chains of PR we're too tied down by the chains of the media Aston Villa is a sleeping giant and if those chains you know stay wrapped around its chest it's going to sleep forever it's such a simple step that goes like discount tickets go such a long way rewarding and repaying a fan base that has followed not just this year of terrible performances it's been like this for two years now possibly even three Aston Villa are the same team in every match under three different managers and step six and seven of Colin Moore's plan goes such a long way to rewarding people who followed them through that Colin Moore's eighth point is to promote from the academy annually into the squad letting local kids in the villa is a playing not loaning destination this is something that's quite close to me um, it's an issue I've read think about quite a few times a week to be completely honest um when manchester united brought the class of 92 in i don't think these players were defined by their individual quality he certainly had world beaters in david beckham and ryan giggs but players like nicky butt gary neville phil neville they were certainly you know they had their qualities at an individual level but these were multiplied by the way they played together the chemistry they had together they all knew they was in it together Regardless if Phil Neville's an average footballer or Nicky Butts an average footballer, their own qualities were brought out by the way they played together. Now think of this. If we rewind a few years back, Villa have Mark Brighton, Daniel Johnson, Andy Vyman, Gary Gardner, Kieran Clark, Nathan Baker. It's quite countless. Callum Robinson. They have an almost an entire team of people coming through the squad all at the same time. You know, discarding individual talents such as Jack Grealish. We've got we've got players who care for Aston Villa, who've been brought up through its system, who know sorry they know what's expected of them when they put the shirt on. This is something so similar. Footballers, yeah, there there are players out there with you know countless individual talents. You have people like Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, who can play in any team regardless of where they are and play and perform amazingly. But Villa and other clubs aren't as blessed to receive or, or you know, have the scouting department to find talents like this. They aren't Barcelona, but they can be. They can bring up players with a philosophy, with a playing style, with a goal. Villa have that. Not many clubs are as lucky as Aston Villa to have the academy set up as that, where they can bring people in, in the complex, know what Aston Villa is all about from you know eight years old. Mark Brighton and Jack Grealish have been with Villa since I was about seven. They know what performing for this football club means. And yeah, everyone has bad matches. But if you bring a team of like-minded individuals together through youth, they'll perf- they will give their all for their teammates. I know what it's like. I'm, clearly, clearly, I've never I've never played football to a massive level. I was a Sunday league goalkeeper in an under-16s team. But I know what it's like to be on a pitch and give it all for your teammates. It's not like I could play to win matches because my team is utterly terrible. But I'd give it all just so 
I could give my friends, you know, my cousins, my brothers, a chance on that football pitch. Because I know them outside of this. I've knew them since when I was growing up. I wanted to give it all on the pitch for them. Surely, I'm not saying my attitude is the one that should be followed, but surely it's similar. You know, when football teams grow up together, when youth teams grow up together, and they're talented enough to get through, Aston Villa breaking through players one at a time, I don't think it works. Um, we're fortunate to have a few players come through. And where are they now? Kieran Clark. Nathan Baker, Samir Carruthers, Andy Vyman all came out at the same time. I would like, I would have loved to see them all in the team at the same time, because surely, surely the chemistry would be there that isn't there right now. Surely the chemistry between these guys that know each other would be there. And it's upsetting that Villa have become this club where our youth are chopped off. I mean, you can go through a list of who's who who's come from Aston Villa that are no longer there, and all these players you look at and go. Regardless if they're playing in League 2, the Conference, League 1, the Championship, they could have given something to Aston Villa, not in individual with their individual qualities, but because they care about the people they're playing with. It's something to really think about, and even though it stands right in this point that people should be brought through annually, I think we should try and package people to come through all together, and if we want to sell these people, make sure we get a return on this. Not sod Daniel Johnson off, who's killing it in League 1 and the Championship for Preston North End. Not sod them off for fifty grand. Get millions for these, for these quality players, who not only bring it together for a team performance, but they have this individual quality. Villa have got it all wrong. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, bringing people through annually, yeah, it's 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 a great idea in practice, but Villa need to package their team so the people who play together from a youth level are playing in the senior team at the same time. Villa haven't got the money to compete at a high level, but they've got the academy set up to launch them somewhere and it's not being used to its full potential we're taking out individual stars one at a time that's all well and good but they're on their own they're put on an island we expect so much of them bring a bunch through at the same time who know each other and play them Stan's ninth point was to get the whole end rocking again and this is something I fully agree with Villa have got a really a really lucky to have supporters like the Brigada 1874 group come to match support the team win or lose regardless of what's happened off the pitch with those lot um, Villa need to back the fans and provide they've got the finances to provide support for these fans writing songs is cheesy but surely that's something a step in the right direction writing songs providing flags banners statues streamers SB Nation uh, there's, a, there's a new Dortmund blog coming out from it's called Fear the Wall that's for Dortmund's yellow wall Aston Villa has set up to provide this face this cliff of support they've got the whole end which is the biggest cop stand in England that has to stand for something that has to mean something that needs to be coloured claret and blue constantly regardless win, lose or draw Aston Villa have to be they're in a position to support the fans but that is not being done and Stan's got a point there we need to get the, the whole end needs to get back on its feet if the fans are behind them and rocking the players should be Point number 10 is a weird one. It's flat in the north stand, filling the corners. Um, Villa Park can barely... Uh, it's it's grand that they get, you know, 35k a match. It's amazing, and their away support is terrific. When I mean, they're not harassing the players, that is. But flattening in the north, it's a good idea, isn't it, in practice? Flatten the north stand, filling the corners, make Villa Park better. Villa Park Stadium is the least, the very bottom of their worries right now. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Flattening the north stand, yeah, 
what what does it achieve? <laughs> you know, I, I can't believe this is a point brought to discuss on how to return Villa to the top. Flattening the north stand does nothing when Villa can, can't fill the stadium every week. We need Villa need to make the fans feel like going to Aston Villa Football Club on a Saturday at 3pm is worth it. Even more so, they need to make the fans feel like going on a Monday at 8 o'clock is worth it. If people can't turn up at Saturday at 3pm to watch Villa, flattening the north stand and filling in the corners to make more space does not help. Colin Moore's 10th point out of this 13-point plan was to have a consulting board of Brian Little, Peter Whiff, Tony Morley, Big Ron Atkinson, Graham Taylor, checking the balance and balancing the ins and outs of the club. Not sure what balancing the ins and outs means on a colloquial level. Kind of have a say in how everything's run. I'm not sure that this works. Football is too much of a sport with this old boys network. You know, Tim Sherwood relied on that when he was sacked by Aston Villa because everyone came out in full colour support of him. His mates, you know, his old staff, everyone came out in support of him. Tim Sherwood is an average football manager at best. At the very worst, he's not a football manager at all. To have a consulting sporting board made up of people from one back suddenly pigeonholes all of Villa's expertise, their management expertise, into one area, and that's football. What does Stan expect this to achieve when he writes this out? I think this is something pretty much said to get people behind him because Big Ron, you know, Graham Taylor, Tony Morley, Peter, if they come in, what's it going to be like? Aston Villa's version of the fucking Expendables. What does it do? If Aston Villa are to succeed, they need to be managed by people with different levels of from different backgrounds, with different areas of expertise they can bring in to consult. Having a consultant board from one area is setting yourself up to fail every single time outside of football. Bringing people from one area, when you go to bounce ideas off them, they're all going to be in agreement. They're not going to have different areas of expertise to bring to the table. It's all going to be the same stuff over and over and over. After that, according to Stan, we've got to remind our neighbours and our foes what this club is about and our ambition for it. Of course we do. That's what we should be doing anyway. And I'm not saying if Aston Villa are relegated, when Aston Villa are relegated. They're suddenly in a division where there could be Coventry, Burton, Warsaw, Birmingham and other clubs from in and around the Midlands, Nottingham Forest, Derby, where suddenly Villa become this scalp. They don't become a big football team anymore. They become a prize to claim. I agree with what Stan's saying, Aston Villa need to prove they're a big football club, and they do that by going down and smacking around everyone who tries to claim that scalp. It's weird how we think about the Championship. It isn't separated, the only thing that separates it from the Premiership isn't playing style. There are teams with massive quality in the Championship, and if you disagree, I invite you to watch Brighton and Middlesbrough. If Aston Villa go down, it's not likely they bounce, bounce back up, but they need to prove themselves once again against teams in the same area. As I said, Villa come down not as a football team, but as a prize to claim. And the only way they can prove that is by beating them, reminding them what we're all about. And that's what I need to prove once again. Right now, as I speak, I've made this podcast to be an anthology where you can kind of listen where and where, you know, wherever down the line and come back because I don't want to refer to individual results. But Aston Villa have just drawn 1-1 with, with Wickham. Aston Villa sit, not just at the bottom of the Premier League, but as the worst football team in the entire football league meaning every team we face, we are the underdog. That can't happen next season. Not not at all. The final point of Stan's plan is a bit self-serving. Let an old lion come home and make amends for the two worst years of his life and career. On the Villa Review a few weeks, well, this week, uh, before the Wickham match, um, they mentioned that Stan Collingwood was a poisonous figure. 
Now, I'm not old enough to remember his personal actions, but I've certainly seen more than enough to not dislike this man, but be cautious towards his actions and what he says. Some things, it's kind of like the biblical story of Adam and Eve and the snake, you know, trying to persuade them to take this fruit from the tree. If you place the Villa fans as Adam and Eve, and Stan Collin was the snake and the club as the apple, it's kind of, it's self-serving in the fact that he, I feel like he wants to be on top after all this. And certainly his point is, yeah, I want to come back. I definitely want to have a part to play in this. And yeah, that's well and good, Stan, but you can't just say these things. You need to do these things. If you want to put a consortium together, Stan, do it. If you want to buy Peruvian Championship players, again, put yourself in a position to do it. It's all talk. It's all a plan. It's all well and good saying what you'll do, because I can just spout out fighting points of what I'd like to do to make Villa top, and I certainly probably would do that. But Stan, you're in a position where you have a people are following to do something good for Villa. Maybe it's time to look at this plan Take out the rubbish, the shit, the chaff, and take it forward if you're that serious about it. If you want to be the man to come back to Aston Villa and make amends, do so. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of On The Pod, My Lord. I'd like to say it's a great pleasure making this. Um, it's not so much a great pleasure having to watch Aston Villa, you know, read the news about Aston Villa, but certainly when I feel proud to make something, you know, that hopefully will become something that Villa fans can listen to and, you know, share and talk about. So, yeah, I feel pretty good having recorded the first episode. So I hope this is something that you're interested in. You know, we can continue to produce. But, yeah, as a final note, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you uh, continue to tune in as I produce these, uh, maybe with a few guests, who knows in the future. Um, I'd like to invite you to, A, listen to two podcasts after you've listened to this one. First among them is the Aston Villa review. Chris and Steve create a fantastic product for Aston Villa fans, and I won't, I can't do it justice by talking about it. Please go and listen to it. And if you, obviously, if you listen to this, you probably read our blog 7500 Holt. So please continue to listen to the whole cast. This podcast isn't really made in competition to those. It's kind of like this back backing thing. When I was listening to those uh, podcasts, I was kind of thinking there needs to be something else that people can listen to that isn't based on results. Another thing, it kind of, I kind of feel like someone needs to be there to speak for people now. Aston Villa are at a critical point in its history where people are turning on the players now, aggressively, not just turning on them, aggressively confronting these players and spouting vitriol at them. That's not what Aston Villa are about. So if you are one of the people going to our matches, I applaud you for spending your money and going up there. But please, when you feel annoyed, don't turn and spout rubbish and hate at another human being it's not football is the only job that we expect to overtake your personal life that can't we can't allow that as human beings that to happen football means so much to us and it means so much to these players so let's take one on the chin and move forward together up the villa